1: Even though you're listening to this on podcast and not on the air, you can still call our toll free number, 877 929 9673. And you can still send us email to words at waywardradio.org. And you can still find us online at waywardradio.org. You're listening to Away with Words. I'm Grant Barrett.
2: And I'm Martha Barnett. You can't judge a book by its cover, right? But I sure do judge a book by its first line. I've got to get hooked in okay. that first that's line. That's how you do it? You and, read the first line? Uh, yeah,
1: yeah. And if one a... line, that's all that you give them? Before I, you, you know, read it's it a all... journalistic
2: background. i got to be hooked mm. right at okay. the beginning. Okay. How about this one? It was a bright, cold day in April, and the clocks were striking 13. Oh. As John Stewart would say, boom! That's George Orwell's 1984, 1984 mm, of course. Good. And speaking of cold, the cold passed reluctantly from the earth, and the retiring fogs revealed an army stretched out on the hills, oh,
1: nice. resting. Who, who's
2: that? That is Stephen Crane, Red Badge of Courage. Uh-huh. I love that. Army very stretched good. out on the hills, comma, resting.
1: Well, my favorite, and this is... My favorite book of all time, so I I don't know which came first, liking the book and liking the opening line or liking the opening line and then liking the book. But my favorite is from The Adventures of Huckleberry Finn by Mark Twain. Oh, yeah, great book. You don't know about me without you have read a book by the name of The Adventures of Tom Sawyer. But that ain't no matter. And one of the things I like about it is that Twain, in order to get you to like Huck Finn, has mentioned his bestseller that you probably already read. <laughs> <laughs>
2: well done. Well done. But you also get such a sense of the voice, too, right? It's yes. such a different way He captured the language
1: of a place and a time yep. and yep. an age. A, yep. a, a boy. A and boy's an language. An
2: attitude. Yeah. An attitude, yeah. Yeah. Love that.
1: What are your favorite opening lines? What is the thing that you read that made you finish a novel? Give us a call 1877-929-9673. Was it a turn of phrase? Let us know in email to words at waywardradio.org.
2: Hello, you have a way
1: with words. Hi. Hi, who's this?
3: This is Carrie Tolls from New York, New York.
1: Hi, Carrie. Where do you live in New York, New York?
3: I live in the East Village.
1: Well, what can we do for you, Carrie?
3: Oh, well, I was wondering, um, I was on a long road trip a couple weeks ago, and um, I was kind of, like, dozing off, and I thought there was a word for it. You know when you, like, your, like, head falls down, and then you snap back up and you wake up? Yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think there's a word for that, but I couldn't think of it. Mm Hmm. Yeah, there are several. Oh. And you think you've heard it before? Yeah, it's something like, I don't know, like the naps or something. I can't really remember. The
2: snaps, that sounds sort of slang. Yeah, it mm-hmm. does sound like slang. Yeah, so you're, so you're sort of nodding off to sleep, and then you sort of do this total body hiccup, right? Yes, Everything exactly. Was, yeah,
3: yeah. Exactly.
2: It's kind of a rude awakening, right? But that's not the, that's not the term, right? No. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I can give you a term for this. Oh, okay. really? Goes back to good old Greek and the Greek word for sleep. How about you are experiencing the hypnagogic
1: startle. Ooh, nice.
3: (laughs) Wow, that definitely wasn't what I was thinking of. (laughs) That wake you up? Yes,
2: that did. Yeah, it's the hypnagogic startle or the hypnic jerk or the night jerk, which... um, that's what
3: it
1: was. <laughs> That's the guy who bangs on your door when you're asleep. <laughs>
2: <laughs> something like that. <laughs> yeah. But the, um, the hypno comes from the Greek word for sleep, and the agogic comes from a word that means to lead or drive, like a demagogue drives people to do things. So hypnagogic startle is something that, I don't know, are you involved in the arts at all? A little bit, yeah, yeah. It seems like something that um, that you hear artists talking about a lot—that hypnagogic state. Edgar Allan Poe talked about the fancies that only came to him Ooh. in that state, nice, you know. Nice. And mm-hmm. I remember seeing this documentary once on Salvador Dali. He talked in that documentary about how the way he sleeps is he sits on the edge of a chair, holding a spoon over a pie plate that's on the floor. And he just kind of drifts off, and then as soon as he drifts off enough that he lets go of the spoon and it drops to the pie plate and makes noise, then he wakes up. And, wow! And that's that's his way. Supposedly, maybe he's just being surreal. I don't know, but that's that's his way of getting efficient sleep. Just getting into that hypnagogic state, and then and he's then done. Right, and then he's
1: through. Yeah, I, I could see how that might be a way of recording those weird things that you're thinking when you're slightly, that, yeah, you know, in that moment you're kind of. In, I love that state. Yeah.
2: yeah, and I believe I'd have to look this up, but I'm pretty sure that the word for coming out mm-hmm. of sleep, that that drifting out, I think it's hypnopompic. Ooh, I would have nice. to look it up, but I'm pretty. Sure.
3: Oh, well, that, that helps. That solves my problem.
2: Right on. So what are you going to do
3: with that word? I don't know. I guess next time I drift off to sleep, I'm just going to know what it's called.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's called sleepy time. <laughs> well, hey,
3: listen, it was great talking
2: with you. You too. Thanks for okay. to calling, Carrie. Okay, Bye-bye. bye. Have a question about language? Call us 1-877-929-9673 or send an email to words at waywardradio.org.
1: Hello, you have a way with words.
4: Hi, how you doing? This is Andy from Silcope, North Carolina. It's a little community just outside of the town of Siler City.
2: Okay, all right.
4: But I, I have a question about a, a billboard I saw outside of Siler City, actually. Um, it was for a phone company, mm-hmm. and it, it had a picture of a, woman, a woman's face with uh, eye black under her eyes, the stuff that football players and baseball players use. Right, and right. And uh, the phrase next to it says, be stronger connected to your son. And I drove past the billboard. I didn't really think anything about it the first day I saw it, but I see it every time I go into town. And uh, besides the fact that I thought it was kind of a silly advertisement, um, I was wondering about the correctness of the grammar. Huh. So I, I called my mom and asked her, and and she said that it was grammatically incorrect, that it was using an adjective to modify a verb, and uh, it should be an adverb. So I called the phone company. I told them that I thought their billboard was wrong, and I pretty much got a, oh yeah, thanks. We'll, we'll get right on that. And, <laughs> Meaning that uh, they wouldn't. We're <laughs> <right>. efforting that. <laughs> right. So I was just just wanted to know if for sure if I was uh, was right or wrong with the grammatical correctness of that billboard.
2: Hmm. So they actually did connect you to your mother. She's another grammar um, stickler.
4: She uh, she was a teacher when uh, you know, a while ago, and so she always pounded grammar into our heads when we were kids, and
1: so. Martha's mm-hmm. point is their ad worked because you called your mother. <laughs> uh, I know I, I was stronger connected. <laughs> You're always stronger.
2: Oh my goodness! And so the the phrase again, Andy was be stronger connected to your son.
1: Yes, ma'am. That's it. Ow. Yeah, that's terrible. Ouch. That's that's uh, and it was on a billboard where uh, thousands of people uh, would see it every day, right? Uh, uh, right.
2: My gosh! You know what this reminds me of? Do you remember the old Homer and Jethro routines? Do you remember Homer and Jethro, you guys? This is probably before your time but that's okay they you got to look these up these guys up on youtube they're hilarious homer and jethro and they used to have a song called the billboard song mm-hmm. and it's a song about how there was a tornado that went through town, and it messed up all the billboards. And so then they were talking about what they saw as they drove through town. Uh-huh. It's like smoke, Coca Cola, cigarettes, drink Wrigley's oh, beer. Oh, sure, I've heard Can this. dog food <laughs> keeps your wild yeah, we, complexion that clear. When
1: I was oh, younger. you did?
2: <laughs> okay. Well, isn't that what that billboard sounded like? Pretty much. I mean, it's just <laughs> insane. That's terrible.
1: Just if you haven't caught the whiff of this, everyone, it, it's wrong. It should, <laughs> it should not say be stronger connected. Am to I your making son. myself clear? Be more strongly connected to your son, or. Connected Connect to your son. I was
2: going to say, connect to your son. Let's have a nice,
1: strong, right. Well, yeah. Let's not even talk about the the offense of being, you know, having too many words there. Mm, It's it's a poorly written phrase, every way to Sunday. Mm, Yeah. I'd like to think that there was a copywriter who got it right, and then somebody who didn't know what they were doing changed it. You know?
2: Yeah. Someone who's it. It looks like a translation from another language, maybe. (laughs) 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 Don't you think it just it just looks
1: stronger? You know, was there a hyphen between stronger and connected? There was nothing. No. Okay.
4: It's funny, though, that you said you thought it was a uh, translation from another language because yeah. the next day they called me with an automated. Um automated survey to ask how satisfied I was with my question that I asked the day prior. And the uh, automation was in Spanish. Oh,
2: nice! Cool. <laughs> nice! I used it
4: as a chance to practice Spanish. It wasn't a bad thing. I'm on uh-huh, but uh-huh. it was just, I called with an
1: English grammar question, and I got called back in Spanish.
2: That's nice. That's sweet. Boy, that phone You, you can't say that
1: they don't have a sense of humor. No grammar, but at least a sense of humor. <laughs>
2: right. Yeah, so you have connected with us, Andy, and we are completely validated. Validating you, you and your mom.
1: You were well, 100% it. right. You now have our permission to put on all your black clothing and sneak up on that billboard <laughs> and change it in the middle of the night.
2: <laughs> yeah, send us a photo, okay? I'll and
1: uh, I, I got 50 bucks towards your bail here. <laughs> <laughs>
2: all right. Well done, Andy. Thanks Keep for up calling, the good Andy. Work. All
4: right, thanks. Talk Take care. Right, bye bye. Bye bye.
2: Of course, Grant, this does remind me of the Apple campaign, Think Different.
1: Yeah, It yeah.
2: did catch a lot of people's eyes, right? It did, and there, were,
1: there was definitely a strong argument to be made that it didn't have to be the adverb. There was definitely Mm -hmm. a strong argument there. Well, it's sort of
2: self-referential, right? Think different.
1: Right. To think about different as a thing rather than to think differently. Mm, So, mm, But in this case, (laughs) A, nobody put any thought into this. You know, at least at Apple, you could say a lot of really bright people worked on that and they understood that there were multiple layers of meaning there and that we would discuss them. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, But this is, there's no thinking here. This
2: is just a mess. I wonder if like
1: the sign guys composed this in their truck the moment before they got out (laughs) the paste and the paper to put it up, you know? Have you seen something that kind of ticked you off? Somebody didn't get grammar right in a public place about 20 feet high and 30 feet wide? <laughs> Give us a call one eight seven seven nine two nine nine six seven three or send photos of it in email to yeah. words at waywardradio.org.
2: we received an email from Norma in Texas who was asking if there's a word for the specific birthday that you have that matches your age on the birthday with that date. So, mm-hmm. for example, if you're born on the 17th of April, is there a special word for your 17th birthday?
1: Right. And, Norma, there is an answer for that. It's a golden birthday. I think that's the term most people use. Mm-hmm. And digging around, I see that there are a few other Terms for it of uh, the star birthday or champagne birthday. I um, like that. Yeah, I, probably some more. But the golden birthday is the mm-hmm. one that most people use. It's not usually celebrated though, except on the hallmark or landmark birthdays like 13, 21, 30. Um, some people I've seen do it for the year. So if you're turning 10 in 2010, um, and your birthday's on the 10th, and you got something really special.
2: That's a off. golden champagne star <laughs>
1: birthday, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You'd better be a bouncy house and a pony at that party. <laughs> <laughs> what are your questions about language? You can send us an email to words at waywardradio.org, try us on Facebook at facebook.com slash waywardradio, or call us one 929 9673
2: Ahoy! Just around the bend, it's a puzzle. Stick around for more of A Way With Words.
1: You're listening to Away With Words. I'm Grant Barrett. And
2: I'm Martha Barnett. And we're joined now by our quiz guy, John Chinesky. Hi, John.
5: Hi, Martha. Hi, Grant. How's it going? Fine. How you doing, well, kid? I'm doing just great. What's happening? Well, it's a simple quiz this week. Any child can tell you that a W is just an upside down M and vice versa. Oh, right? wow. Right? <laughs> I mean, mom. Oh, you just figured that out. <laughs> I'll read you a sentence with two blanks. The words that belong in those blanks will be the same, except that one has an M and the other has a W in the same place. For example, here's the first example. All those commercials on the History Channel sure do blank my enjoyment of their documentaries about blank.
2: Oh,
1: man.
5: Raw War? Um, Ram? You have one of the words. (laughs) So war documentaries. Oh, Mar, right. my mar, mar I enjoy it. Marm. Oh, I right. see. Okay. okay you go. turn the W and you make oh, it an I M. See, it's Marm. I, mar. see, I see. Okay. And
2: the I letters can be anywhere? I actually wasn't listening to the instructions
5: very well. <laughs> That's okay. <Sorry. laughs> yes, the, the letter, the M or the W can be anywhere in the word. And uh, I call this puzzle, Turn the Worm. Because <laughs> W or M. Nice. Very worm. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Okay. Here are a few more. Every blank on the beach was bronze and beautiful Except for Chinesky, who sure looked blank.
2: <laughs> Every man on the beach.
5: <laughs> yeah. Who looked wan. Yeah. Except for Chinesky, who sure looked wan. <laughs> yes.
2: Like Takes one to know one. That's Grant. true. I go
5: to the, I go to the beach. People, people think I'm a mime when I go to the beach. So, anyway, that was very good. Here's the next Golly gosh and gee whiz, Becky, that perfume you're wearing sure is a blank blank.
2: Swell Smell. Yes, Swell oh, Smell. You go. That's very right.
5: good. Oh. So there we go. Okay. All right. I can't seem to blank the tide of spam in my account, so I'll just sit here and blank about it. Stem and stew. Oh, Stem and stew. very
2: good.
5: I can help you with that. <laughs> okay, we'll, we'll talk after. That's good. I usually just sit there and blog about it. So, The addition of Buzz Lightyear to Andy's Toy Box left blank feeling rather blank. Woody feeling rather moody. Yeah,
1: yeah. it's very good. Oh, yeah, yeah. Here's of the course. Toy Story represents. Yeah. yeah, the daddy,
5: <laughs> t- daddy's in the house. I knew there
1: was a reason I watched that a hundred times. <laughs> and when the down. DVD for number three comes out, <laughs> to, <laughs> the doom will begin again.
5: This one, this next one, by the way, is based on a true story. My brother uses several cans of hairspray every day, so he really doesn't blank the Chicago blank.
6: Chicago.
5: Yeah. Uh, well, this one's kind of tough. What What in Chicago might uh, and you? Oh, you, it's if wind. If you, oh. the wind. Mind no. the wind. Yes. <laughs> Very oh. good. Oh, you, you should get this one pretty easy. As her date held her on the blank of the mighty ship, Becky thought, "What a dramatic ending to my junior blank." The blank oh, okay. of the
1: giant ship.
2: Of uh, the prow.
5: The prow. Oh, and the <laughs> prow. And the prow. Oh, see. On the prow of the mighty ship, thought, what a dramatic ending to my junior prom. Here's the next one. If you're lost in the woods, you won't need that expensive blank, but you'll be lucky if you have a single blank. Watch and match. Yes, very good. Priorities there. Uh, Don't need that expensive watch. I have my phone. That that might come in handy, too. (laughs) Where's the lighter mode on this? Here's the next one. If your workplace is hot and you really blank, Then you work with iron as a blank. Oh, swelter and smelter. Yes. (laughs) Swelter and smelter.
1: Awesome. That's my name of my next album, Swelter Smelter.
5: (laughs) Swelter Smelter. I don't know many smelters, but I assume they swelter. And here's the last one. Thurber was known for being blank and for creating Walter Blank.
2: Witty and Mitty.
5: Witty and Mitty. Very good. Nice work, Martha. Oh, nice man. work, Grant too. You guys did fantastic. Nice oh, my queens, hate to say that. It doesn't mean very much.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to think of another M and W, but it's just they're, they're not hard, aren't they? Too. They're very difficult.
1: So I appreciate the difficulty it takes to put these together. John, thanks for uh, having us along for the fun. Thank you for having me. I'll see you again next time. All right, bye-bye.
2: And if you'd like to talk about grammar, slang, punctuation, or words and how we use them, the number to call is 1-877-929-9673. Hello, you have a way with words.
7: Hi, how are you doing? This is Jimmy in San Diego.
2: Hello, Jimmy. Welcome.
7: Hi, Hi Jimmy. Welcome to the program. Well, I'm a screenwriter by profession, and uh, I've written um, several episodes of Star Trek. And Oh, uh, for real? Come yeah. on. Which Star Trek? Uh, Star Trek Voyager and Deep Space Nine. Oh, cool. I've actually written more more episodes of Star Trek than any other freelance writer in the history of the franchise, and uh, the guys at Paramount used to call me the Jackie Robinson of Star Trek writers. <laughs>
1: okay,
7: <laughs> that's that's cool. nice. You can knock it out of the park every time, huh?
1: Very nice.
7: Well, anyway, um, I grew up in Detroit in the 60s and uh, 50s and late, early 70s, and um my dad who was a mortician being an african american businessman uh during that era he would work a lot of really uh, long hard hours
8: mm-hmm. and
7: uh he would come in and uh be really really tired and he'd you know have that kind of wow it was a rough day sort of walk right
8: mm-hmm. and he'd oh, yeah. come
7: in and say oh it was a tough day son they really got me palmer housing right mm-hmm. and i was going palmer housing right so he said it so much you know it was it was just part of his daily language, and I've adopted it, so now you know when I've had a rough day here or there, you know I come in and I go, oh wow, they got me they got me Palmer housing today. What I was able to glean from him over the years was that uh way back in the day when african american uh, men one of the jobs few jobs they could get was being a stevedore or a or a waiter at some hotel to try to liven up their work, i guess they would end up improvising these unusual steps as they did their job, you know. Mm -hmm. That seems to be um, uh, an African-American cultural imperative, you know. I mean, there's uh, the boot dancers from South Africa, there's break dancing. I mean, Mm -hmm. we see it all over again with style. Mm -hmm. Exactly, right. Mm -hmm. So um, I was assuming that uh, Palmer Housing was referring to a restaurant or a hotel where You know, the stylized walk that the waiters developed to give themselves some identity was unique to one hotel or one restaurant called the Palmer House. And if so, were there other ones like, uh, you know, you'd be putting on the rich and you'd come out with some other fancy step, you know, Mm -hmm. as you were serving it. Or uh, was there such a thing as uh, doing the Hilton? (laughs) Huh. <laughs> you know, uh,
1: doing
2: the Marriott. Yeah, this is
1: all. This, right. is, this is all ringing a bell for me here. Wow, uh, you've hit on a lot of different things here. Yeah. Um, the first one to tell you is the Palmer House is still there today. It's in Chicago at right. the corner of State. Oh my God! But it's the third hotel that's been on that space, according to what I'm seeing. But for a long time back in the day, most of the staff at the Palmer House were black men, or, 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 or the women as well. But but like, and they were known for get this flat feet. What? I, I don't know if it was the way they stood or the way that they walked because they were constantly on their feet. But in 1942, Zora Neale Hurston published a story called A Story in Harlem Slang. And she uses this language in there, in this short oh, story. No. Yeah, and it's glossed as Palmer House, walking flat-footed as from fallen arches.
7: Oh, my God. So,
1: so there's a connection here. We've got a little bit of history coming together in the story you're telling us about your father. That's fantastic.
7: Cool. All of a sudden, something just occurred to me. What? My my Uncle Weston, you know, they, he always said that he had gotten a job working for um Al Capone back in the day. Well, I used to run numbers out of beauty parlors. Seriously? And he huh? was in Chicago. Yeah, my Uncle Weston came from Chicago. And you know what? It just occurred to me that that must be where my dad got it from. He got it from my Uncle Weston when uh, Al Capone was finally arrested and everything. Yeah. My uncle yeah. grabbed all the money he could get and, that's <laughs> and he fled to Detroit. <laughs>
1: that's his story.
7: Oh, oh my God, that's Jimmy, amazing. Jimmy, that's we're going to let you
1: go because you have a movie to write.
7: <laughs> I'm done. I'm on it right now. Hey, guys. <laughs> the, the checks in the mail. <laughs> no, but there's there's, right. there's an, only
1: a little more to be said about Palmer housing as a style of walking. That's the best stuff that we got. You can't do much better than That Zora is Houston. Terrific. Holy and mo- yeah. uh, I also find it strangely enough in a journal of Mormon thought from 1971. There's a poem in there. It says, "Trying to show me something. The rickety wagon ain't had 'em. They ain't felt the bumping when you're." F- Foots So Flat from Palmer House and Round. Really? Oh, my
7: God! So
1: I don't know what it has to do with Mormon thought, but it's in there from 1971. Maybe they just borrowed it from... Oh, that's,
7: that's, from, that's, that's, from you know, that's a wonderful tribute to my dad. You know, I'm going to memorize that poem and... Uh... Pass that on to my nieces and well, nephews. You,
1: Jimmy, you need oh. to send us an email and let us know how your your further research yeah. uh, goes. It sounds like you maybe can find some historical avenues. Maybe there's some of the older generation left who can tell you a little bit more about your Ugh. your father and your uncle, and maybe you can piece that together and have a, a just a whopping good tale.
7: Wow, that's amazing. That is oh, thank you so much, you know. All right. This is the reason I listen to this show. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that is All right. great.
7: Wow. Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah. You know, thank you so much. I'm a huge fan, and I have been for a long, long time. Wonderful. All
2: right, Jimmy.
1: You make us feel smarter, Jimmy. Thanks for calling. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Take
2: care. Grant, that is so cool. So you think that it's uh, specific to the Palmer House, though? There's, there's nothing like a Hilton walk or a Ritz walk or like he was suggesting? Uh, not
1: as far as I know. And I should uh-huh. also mention that there's a little bit more about Palmer housing in Clarence Major's famous black slang dictionary, Juba to Jive. Hmm. Cool.
2: Well, I'd I'd love to hear if other folks have used it in their vernacular. Give us a call. one eight seven seven nine two nine nine six seven three. 929 9673 Email us at words at waywardradio.org.
6: Hi, you have a way with words. Hi, this is Kelly Radke from Green River, Wyoming. Well, what's going on? Well, my question is about a phrase I keep hearing um, in articles about romantic comedies or weddings that tend to be very personalized or really long and just all about the couple. And the phrase is met cute or meet cute. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it just, it sounds weird when I hear it. I was reading an article about romantic comedies and how they've declined. And they were talking about how there's a meet cute in the movie. So this is like mm-hmm.
1: Entertainment Weekly or Variety or something like that? Yeah, yeah. Something, okay. something
6: mm-hmm. like that. And then I was reading an article. On, I got married last year, so I was reading about weddings. Ah! It's the same thing about ceremonies where somebody gets up and talks for Hours and hours about the couple and how they met cute. Uh huh. So, just, did you and your spouse meet cute? Yeah, we met in college, but I wouldn't say it was necessarily cute. We didn't have a big meet and debate class or something like that. Ah, okay. <laughs> so, what okay, I'm okay, understanding here is sides, that, that yeah. to
1: meet cute, then, is that there's some kind of contrivance or some kind of device by which the, the filmmakers uh, bring this couple together.
6: Yes, yeah, I think so.
1: Yeah, and yeah. There's two cool things I have to tell you about this. One is we are so very lucky that the Oxford English Dictionary has recently updated its pages. As of September 2010, they have a brand new entry for this phrase. So oh, they've, done, they've done all of our homework for us, Martha. Okay. So we're
2: gonna, we're I'm going gonna... to go get some coffee, okay? I'll be right back. We're going to cheat go away, off Kelly. the
1: editors of the OED. We're gonna. Just... <laughs> no, I know these people. They're, they're fine people. They do great work, so we know that we can trust this. They've taken it back as far as 1941, and really? they define to meet cute... And it says, in filmmaker's jargon, of two characters, they define it as to have an accidental meeting which leads to or is followed by romantic involvement. And I would say that they're kind of missing a little bit of the picture there, mm-hmm. so to I would speak. agree. Because it's not just an accidental meeting, but it's that there's something, there's almost a, a MacGuffin, you know, almost this unnecessary event. You know, that's the old Hitchcock term, right? The, right. This unnecessary event that brings you to the drama ah, yeah, and the yeah, action yeah. that's going to unfold, right? There's almost a MacGuffin there, like... Um, they, um, they pick up the wrong suitcase at the airport, exactly. or they both try to get the same cab, or there's, right. there's something there's like shopping
2: that. shopping carts collide yeah, and all this stuff. Yeah, right.
1: and yeah. there's usually friction at the beginning, too, where Absolutely. they don't seem to like each other, right. and maybe she smacks him, and right. he throws her over his shoulder, you know. <laughs> there's something a lot of like.
2: rumphing. Yeah. yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. It's farcical, almost. Right. Anyway, okay. so, so they've done a good job. I'm looking here, and I think I can find some uses, maybe from the 1930s. 1941 is the first part of that decade. I would not be surprised if this goes back to the 30s or even the 20s because um, romance, since the very early days of filmmaking, just like the very early days of novel writing, has been a main focus. So I would not be surprised. And, and Hollywood is so rich with jargon. It's so rich with right. this crazy language that doesn't always escape into mainstream. But, um, you know, the film reviewers for the newspapers and magazines they're steeped in it, you know, yeah, they pick it up from their, their peers in Hollywood, right?
2: Yeah, and it's sort okay. of an overly cute phrase. I mean, Kelly, I think what might be throwing you is that you would think that the verb there would be uh, modified by an adverb, oh, like yeah. met right. cutely, mm-hmm. right? Is that is that mm-hmm. what's throwing yeah, you?
6: It's, up? it's just it doesn't sound right to my ears, right right,
8: right? right,
2: exactly. It's almost like the phrase itself is a little cutesy, right?
6: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I don't like that. So, Kelly, do you know any people in real life who met cute? Um, not not that I can think of off the
1: top of my head. <laughs> all right. Well, we want to round this rodeo up. Thank you for giving us a call, Kelly. All right.
6: Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye. Thanks. Bye-bye.
1: Bye. The Variety magazine has long been a source of great jargon. A Bafo source. Baffo source. Oh, that's one, right? <laughs> yeah. 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 They have a couple of books out. You can find them. Look for Variety, Slang, and Amazon. You'll come up with a couple of books that just have all this good oh, yeah? Hollywood language in them. Oh, yeah,
2: cool. All right. I'm off to do it.
1: Send us email to words at waywardradio.org. Find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash waywardradio or give us a call on the telephone, one 929 9673
2: Hi, you have
0: a way with words. Hey, this is Chris from McKinney, Texas.
1: Welcome to the program. Well, thank you. How can we be um, of service?
0: Well, I called um, because I had spelt my newly born son's name fairly different. And uh, my name's spelt different kind of as well. His name is Christopher, mm-hmm. and I spell it Q-H-R-I-S-T-O-P-A-T-R.
2: Chris, is that how you spell your name?
0: No, mine is actually spelled K-H-R-I-S.
2: Uh-huh.
0: And I was wondering, the main part of the question, I guess, would be is, uh, you know, I was kind of playing with the English language a little bit on it, and I really feel like, it you know, the Q sounded like a C and a K, if uh, the you wasn't there, so I kind of went ahead and did it. <laughs>
2: uh huh.
0: And I was just wanted want to know: Did is this something else somebody else has done, or hmm. am I starting a totally new trend with it?
2: What's <laughs> your? <laughs> <laughs> and is there a reason that somebody hasn't done it?
0: Um, probably because nobody really wants to go through the scrutiny. <laughs> oh, yeah. So,
1: so every time you spell your son's name, you get people who cock an eyebrow at you and wonder if that's what you meant.
0: Um, kind of, yeah. I mean, even at the hospital, the nurse had to redo his paperwork three times.
2: Oh uh, really? Okay. So it's it's already turned out to be sort of a high-maintenance name for you? Yes. <laughs> and and
1: your, your family, your wife, everyone is on board with this spelling? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. i got to say, looking around here, I do find a few uses of Christopher with a QH yeah. around the Internet, but it is not common. It seems very unusual. Um, okay. And... I guess you've kind of laid out. Uh, you laid out the biggest issue with it is that you and and he, when he's old enough to write, are going to be spelling this name and correcting this name for a very long time. So, yes, like I you're, did. Sounds like you're, <laughs> are you are. You up to that?
0: oh um, Yeah. I mean, I, I personally, I dealt with it my whole life already, so I'm pretty sure I could prepare him and help him. Oh uh-huh. yeah,
1: the the burden of the father is uh, is also on the son. Yeah. <laughs> You know, I, I always appreciate a, an effort to name a child in a way that's familiar and yet still unusual. I think you've done that.
2: Well, you've definitely done that.
1: Well, people who meet Christopher and learn the spelling of his name will surely never forget him.
2: Exactly.
1: I,
0: I hope so. <laughs> I hope he's a very good person when he grows up, you know. Yeah.
1: Oh, no yeah. No doubt, no doubt.
2: Well, sounds like you love him a lot.
1: enjoy those early months. They go so fast. Oh, yeah. And
2: Little sleep, a lot
1: of days. Take care of yourself and your family. All right. Thank you, guys. Bye-bye. Thank
2: Bye-bye. Okay. bye <laughs> Tell us the story of your unusual name or your kids' names. Call us one 929 9673 or send those emails to words at waywardradio.org.
1: Is there a B in your linguistic bonnet? Maybe we can help. More of your calls next on Away With Words.
2: Support for Away with Words comes from National University, where flexible online classes let you earn your degree or credential on your schedule. More at NU.edu. You're listening to Away with Words. I'm Martha Barnett.
1: And I'm Grant Barrett. Martha, we were talking about great opening lines for novels, mm-hmm. right? That's well written, beautiful right. language, it catches you, makes you want to read the rest of the book, right? Right, right. Well, of course there's a whole market for making bad opening lines for novels. Fake stuff, right? Yeah. Like the Bullwar Litton fiction contest. Oh
2: right. It was a dark and stormy right. night. So you're Ooh. you're
1: parroting a really bad writer. Well, I found this wonderful list. It's compiled from a variety of sources. It's on the website called keepersoflist.org. And Uh whoever put this together, somebody named Gleno, has got 109 of these. And they're they're wonderfully terrible in that awful way, right? Car crashes on paper. (laughs) Number one with the most votes is She walked into my office like a centipede with 98 missing legs. That's terrible. <laughs> Can you just say That's two legs, terrible. right? And I'm pretty sure these are fake. But if they were real, how awesome would that be? Oh <laughs> my gosh! Here's one Heck. for us um, at number eleven. Her vocabulary was as bad as like whatever. <laughs> 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 anyway, and then this one, which maybe takes a second to get, but remember, this is a bad opening line for a novel. You still have 873 pages to go. <laughs>
2: oh, my gosh. At which point you would, you would close the book, right? Oh, those are painful. I hope they're made up.
1: I think so. Some of these come from uh, the Washington Post Style Invitational, ah, uh, where okay. people have these competitions. Right. And some of these are from the 1999 Style Invitational. Right. So.
2: What's the worst opening line you ever heard? We're talking about books here. The number's 1-877-929-9673, or send an email to words at waywardradio.org.
9: Hi, you have a way with words. Hi, this is Alan Kapischke from Fish Creek, Wisconsin. Hi, Alan. Hello, Alan. Welcome to the program. Oh, thank you.
2: What would you like to talk with us
9: about? Well, last winter, uh, my brother-in-law asked me to take a look at a play he was writing and to give him some feedback, and I I offered to proofread it at the same time. Um, Made some notes for him. But uh, one correction I offered, we disagreed on. And uh, I can give you the quote. Okay. But, uh, we had a terrific game yesterday, and I do not want to take that away from you. But if you think we were flawless, well, then you've got another thing coming. Mm-hmm. And I told him I thought it should be another think coming.
8: Mm-hmm. And he
9: kind of laughed at me and then thought I was joking, because he said he had always seen it and heard it as another thing coming.
2: Um, what kind of play is this, Alan? Is it? Or what, where does it uh, take place? What's the setting? It's time? about
9: Vince Lombardi. It's uh, actually just playing on Broadway now.
2: So it's y- on Broadway now.
9: Oh wow! Yeah. How about that?
2: Whoa! Whoa! So how are they saying it on Broadway? Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. Who well, won this? Who won this? Uh, this, yeah. this debate?
2: Yeah. Winning isn't the only thing.
1: <laughs> oh no, what cut the line. Oh. oh,
2: he cut the line. The best
1: writers know that when there's a dispute, just write around it. <laughs> I guess.
2: Did he cut the line because of your disagreement about another think versus another thing?
9: No. Oh, no. Okay. okay. I see. That, that didn't okay. play into it.
2: Ah, oh, okay. But but the uh, argument still So
1: you're festered. calling, should it be You're calling to ask should it be another thing coming or another think coming? T right. H I N G or T H I N
9: K? Right.
2: Okay, and you're in the think camp.
9: Yeah, I I mean mm-hmm. it seems to me that you've got another think coming is mm-hmm. sort of a creative way of saying think again.
2: Mhm. Mhm. Mm-hmm.
9: But if it's another thing coming, um w- what is the thing? Right. And and if it's another thing, what's the first thing? <laughs>
2: Right. Well, I can tell you, I grew up saying another thing coming my whole life, but that K and that uh, C bump up against each other, and it's pretty hard to tell.
1: Right. Mm-hmm. Right. That's right. Yeah. And thing and think, even without a following word that begins with a K sound, still sound a lot alike. Yeah. So it's an easy phonetic mistake to make, or a hearing mistake as well as a production mistake.
2: Right. But Alan, your take on it is the original, as far as yeah, I'm.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Alan, you are. You're. That is the source of it the origin the most common one the probably the most the safest choice is to say another thing coming but martha joins the millions who say another thing coming with the exact same effect they mean the same thing no matter which word you use Uh, personally i have always said another think coming i've always written another think coming and when i'm editing someone else's work and they say another thing coming i silently change it to another think coming so uh because think is uh, just a better choice, really, uh, although the problem with think and and maybe you're on to this is that a think as a noun doesn't really work for a lot of people that's why they are looking for another word that it might be sure you've now yeah. the verb there I, I have a have a think maybe you know another think what do you mean another think it doesn't make sense, but i I did like your logic about um you've got one instance of thinking, and think is another instance of thinking, so you can't have another one, whereas the thing, there's no thing, there's no first thing, so how can you have a second thing?
9: Right.
2: Well, Alan, before we go, tell us a little bit more about this play.
9: So my brother-in-law is Eric Simonson, and, and he wrote it based on David uh, Marinus's book, When oh, Pride Still Mattered.
2: Right, mm-hmm. Dave Marinus from the Washington Post. Right. We used to play softball together, but he wouldn't remember me.
1: Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. And so
9: it's on Broadway, what theater? Uh, It's at Circle on the Square. Okay, very good. And uh, Dan Loria from The Wonder Years is playing Vince Lombardi. Oh, really? And uh, Judith Light plays his wife Marie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, Well, have we
1: helped you, Alan? Uh, I basically said that you were right with think, and Martha said that she thinks that thing is okay. So, um, you know how it is here on the radio show, two people, three opinions. (laughs)
9: <laughs> well, I'm going to say that I won, and, and uh, uh, so I have something to lord over my Broadway playwright brother-in-law.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard to compete with people who are successful. They become so full yeah. of themselves, don't they? <laughs> no, no. Thank you so much for calling, Alan.
9: Uh, my pleasure. Thank you. Bye-bye.
2: Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
1: Do you have another think coming about an argument you had with somebody about the best choice when speaking or writing? Call us, one 929 9673 or send email to words at waywardradio.org.
2: Grant, I came across a wonderful quote the other day on Facebook. Somebody was quoting George Eliot. Mm-hmm. This is my new favorite quotation. Blessed is the man who, having nothing to say, abstains from giving us wordy evidence of the fact.
1: Hmm, Very nice. Shout out, is what she was saying.
2: (laughs) Pretty much, pretty much. If you'd like to talk about language, give us a call. 1-877-929-9673 is the phone number. You can always email us. That address is words at waywardradio.org. And stay in touch with us all week on Facebook. We're there under the name Wayward Radio. Hi, you have a way with words. Hi, this is Helene from Madison, Wisconsin. Hello, Helene. Welcome.
1: Welcome to the program. How are things in Madison?
10: Well, um, I have this word that uh, I grew up with. My mother used it. Um, I've only heard it mentioned one other time, which I'll tell you about in a minute. So Mm -hmm. I'm very puzzled by this and would love to um, get um, an origin for it. Mm -hmm. The word is skashabang (laughs) and what um what it means is um... tattered or ragtag or beat up mm-hmm. Say, oh, that thing is all skoshabong meaning you know it's it's kind of a mess um, I, I grew up in upstate new york um, and my mother was of russian origin but it's not a russian term it was nothing that anybody else in the in the area used um, i uh... i never thought to ask her where she got it from but um, I thought at first maybe it was Yiddish,
8: mm-hmm. uh,
10: but I've not ever found it in a Yiddish um, uh, dictionary and none of my Jewish friends have heard of it. Mm-hmm. The only other place that, that um, I ever heard it mentioned was this wonderful movie called Fatso. Uh, with Dom DeLuise and Anne Bancroft, and Anne Bancroft, who was Italian-American, wrote and directed the movie,
8: Mm -hmm.
10: and it's set in an ethnic Italian restaurant or neighborhood in in New York, Mm -hmm. and at some point, her character says, refers to their beat-up old car as the Scosciabon, or for short, the Scosh. you know, take the keys to the Mm Scosh.
2: Oh, wow. So you sat up straight when you heard that. Oh, you
10: bet. (laughs) But none of my Italian-American friends have ever heard of this. Hmm this all came to a head several years ago when my husband and I adopted um, a puppy from the local Humane Society, mm-hmm. and um, we, we named him Skashabang because that's what he was. You know, he <laughs> had no idea what what went into the making of him is first stuck out in every direction. He was perfect, Skasha but then we spent the rest of his life <laughs> having to explain this name. Oh
8: right!
10: <laughs> um, I've looked it up also in the Dictionary of American Regional English.
8: Mm-hmm. Uh, I
10: waited for decades for the F volume to come out, um, <laughs> and it's not in there under any kind of spelling Uh-oh. I with. So, oh man, Skasha so, There it is.
2: Mm-hmm. So we don't know if it's all one word or mm-hmm. no. three words, or I just know in the
10: movie Fatso, uh, it's either the skoshabang or, for short, the skosh. But I think that's just a um, you know just for short. I don't,
5: um, I don't I, well, I, I, I wonder.
1: It. I mean, the, the the distance between Russian and an Italian American dialects is so large that I wonder if it's just a coincidence that it sounded the same. Yeah well i'm I'm drawing a blank here and mm-hmm. i don't I don't find anything on it and I think what we have to do is Turn on the sirens, Martha. Get the, get the red lights going. <laughs> Somebody has heard this before, outside of that movie and outside of the name of your of your dog. Uh, yeah. Give us a call 877 one eight seven seven W A Y W O R D or send your answer for Helene to words at waywardradio.org. This is
2: an etymological emergency, so hurry. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you'll have to stay tuned, all right? Okay, thank, thank you. you. Okay, right. bye.
1: Here's a here's a did-you-know, Martha. A did-you-know, yeah, okay. You know the expression lunatic French? Mm-hmm. It refers to, say, people on the far right or far left who... Um, Kind of or wacky or nutty or... Okay, you're not little, talking about my jacket. <laughs> a little crazy. Well, interestingly <laughs> yeah. enough, that lunatic fringe comes from a reference to hair. Oh, Did that kind kn- of fringe? Yeah, the fringe is a word for bangs. A lunatic fringe was a curly style of wearing your bangs. I'm finding that uh, there's a lot of evidence collected by my colleagues in the American Dialect Society. They've been posting about it. It's been discussed in a number of circles, and um, it's a pretty clear etymological path. Interesting, really. Yeah, so a lunatic fringe existed long before as just a way of referring to really frizzy or or nutty-looking bangs of your hair hanging Uh over your forehead. uh And then it was borrowed into politics.
2: I'll be darned. I had no idea.
1: Give us a call to talk about language, one eight seven seven nine two nine nine six seven three, or send your words and queries and such and so forth to words at waywardradio.org. Hello, you have a way with words.
11: Hi, this is Sonia Goddekin. I'm calling from Mansfield, Texas.
1: Mansfield, Texas. Welcome to the program. Thank you. What can we help you with today?
11: Well, my husband, who hails from Arkansas, um, has used the phrase, a tree full of owls on me, and Ooh. I assumed it meant that. I was surprised or amazed at something, and I've gone on that assumption for a while. Until recently, he told me, no, it's more like uh, you don't really know what you're talking about, or it's kind oh. of a different phrase for duh, but I was just curious about, have you heard that phrase before? And
1: How does it go when you're, you're talking? Yeah. Is this in the middle of a fight, or is this bedroom talk? Is <laughs> this over dinner? <laughs> when does this come up?
11: Well, I had said something, I'm not sure what it was, I don't recall, this has been a while back, Mm -hmm. and he just said, well, you're sitting there like a tree full of owls, Hmm. Uh and I I just assumed it, I took it to have a good meaning, that it meant I was surprised or amazed at something, but Uh he more recently has confessed to me that no, he actually meant... But I didn't know what I was talking about. <laughs> and what
1: does your divorce lawyer say about this?
11: <laughs> Have not consulted him yet. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> so he meant you look dumbfounded or something? Well, that's kind of. I just thought it meant that I looked surprised at something uh-huh. he had said. But. Uh-huh. He, he seems to think that his father used to use the phrase mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. when he was talking about someone who didn't know what he was talking about.
2: Oh,
1: how interesting. Because I'm imagining a tree full of owls, mm-hmm. all these heads facing one way, big eyes uh-huh. staring, right? right. Which mm-hmm. you might think dumbfounded pretty yeah, much fits, right? Yeah, sort of right? blinking. Or nonplussed, yeah. <laughs>
11: right? Right. Or saying, who? (laughs) Who? It it certainly does create an image in one's mind, however. It does.
2: It does. And what's so interesting about this phrase is I've seen it lots of different ways Mm -hmm. for lots of different uses.
11: But
1: not... It's almost never a negative, right?
2: No, I think of it as, I've seen it as wiser than a tree full of owls, you know, because we think of owls being
11: really Mm -hmm. wise. I'll take that one.
1: (laughs) But I do find it also crazy as a tree full of owls. mm -hmm, mm -hmm, That's not the same as your husband's use either.
11: No, not yeah. exactly.
2: Or surprise. You know, he mm-hmm. was so surprised, you know, his eyes were really big, and, sure. and uh, he was looking like a tree full of owls. I right. mean, owls are really compelling creatures. Mm-hmm. You know, there was there were the famous owls here in San Marcos, uh, in the, San Diego. The burrowing County. owls? Well, there, there, there was a family that... Put their um, owl cam on in their little oh, owl right. house.
1: Oh, it, it was and, up again this year.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they had millions of hits on the internet. You might want to go look at the uh, owl cam. So
1: you're, you're, the underlying message I'm getting from you is that you're not understanding, which I'm not understanding, is why that's a negative, right?
2: Well, does, a, a tree lo- full of
1: owls doesn't really seem like a bad thing to me,
2: unless you're just sort of blinking stupidly. Oh. I can see
1: that. <laughs> what are you saying about our caller, Sonia? I'll, <laughs> I'll wrap her over here if you want.
11: No, actually, I, I like the the wise one. I think I'll take that one. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. Blame yeah. To my that husband one. that he has it all wrong. Because well. ever
1: one. since Athena, owls have or even before that, owls right. are considered a source of wisdom and a, and a representative of the greater knowledge.
11: Right, exactly, absolutely. Yeah. Well, That's- I'll straighten him out on this point. Thank you very much. Yeah,
2: do. And, and you know what, Sonia? You can tell him, the next time he says that, you can say, oh, are you saying I look strigiform?"
8: Oh. What does
2: oh. That mean? <laughs> I'll
11: have the, to look that one up
2: too. <laughs> yeah, S T R I G I F O R M, which means looking like an owl.
11: Strigiform. Oh, very good. Strigiform. <laughs> I mean, he's going to well, have thanks. to say you're wise after that, right? I knew you would come up with something. Thank you. <laughs> you're <pleasure>. welcome, Sonia. <laughs> great talking to you. Take care. Okay, take Bye-bye. care. Bye
1: bye. Call us 1 929 9673 or send email to words at waywardradio.org. You know, I find a million new words, so this is just one of a zillion. Yeah. Are you ever guilty of bean plating?
2: Bean plating?
1: All right. This one's a little rarer than the other ones, but bean plating comes from the site Metafilter, Uh which is this group discussion site that's been around for 10 plus years. Right. And on this site, they have an in-joke that's going for a few years now, and it's traveled in other circles where... Bean plating is to overthink something.
2: Oh, <laughs> so, I, I'm a I'm a world class bean plater. Right.
1: It comes from a joke. that was a funny yeah. video. I think it was, yeah. and they were overthinking. It. And this guy posted, it and he says, "Hi, I'm on Metafilter, and I could overthink a plate of beans." <laughs> and it's kind of like like That's you could look great. at a plate of beans, like, "Well, are the beans staring back? Maybe I should use pinto. What about refresh? You know, you like, there's
2: fibers in those things. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a
1: plate of beans. It's <laughs> eat it, right? Cook it, eat it. Done. Plate of beans. So bean plating is to think too I long and hard about like something that, that. doesn't really merited at all.
2: I like
8: that. I do, that. too. So that's
1: Thanks <laughs> to Metafilter. Thanks, guys. You got some new words for us? Send them along. Words at waywardradio.org or call us on the telephone. one eight seven seven W wayword
2: our show for this week.
1: If you didn't get on the air today, you can leave us a message at any time. The number is 1-877-929-9673
2: Or email us. That address is words at waywardradio.org
1: You can also stay in touch with us all week by finding us on Facebook at facebook.com slash waywardradio.
2: Stephanie Levine is our senior producer. Our technical director and editor is Tim Felton. We've had production help this week from Josette Hurdell and
1: Jennifer Powell. Away With Words is an independent production created and distributed by Wayward, Inc. From Studio West in San Diego, I'm Grant Barrett. And I'm Martha Barnett. Ciao. Take care.
2: Then we must part
1: And oh,
2: if we ever part Then that might break my
0: heart So if you like pajamas And I like pajamas I'll pajamas And give up pajamas
2: For we know we need
1: Support for Away with Words comes from National University, where flexible online classes let you earn your degree or credential on your schedule. More at nu.edu. Hey there, podcast listeners. Just want to let you know that although we give you the show free and we give it free to stations, It does cost something to send these episodes out to hundreds of thousands of listeners across the planet. Help support our educational mission by going to the website and clicking the donate link. Ten bucks? A little more? How about as much as you think it's worth? Thanks in any case for helping us keep shop. Hey,
2: listeners, we have a favor to ask.
1: We'd love for you to fill out our listener survey at gum.fm slash words.
2: Your feedback is crucial. It's quick, and it helps us make our show even better.
1: It shapes our show, helps us plan, and ensures we're bringing you the content you love.
2: That's gum.fm slash W-O-R-D-S. Thanks for being a part of what we do. Thank
8: you.